WIGO AM 1570, Morrow, Atlanta. Hello and welcome. Innovative author, speaker, advocate, and change agent, Dr. Bonnie Benita with a view is on the new legendary WIGO AM 1570 right now. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? My name is Stevie Flowers, and I have the honor of filling in for my dear sister friend, Miss Bonnie. And I want to tell you a little story real quick about how God has blessed me to still be a part of her life. I met Bonnie back in 1980-something on our way to Paris, and she had an advertising, I mean, a modeling agency in Dallas. And so when I got there, she had all this model call and all of these beautiful models and people were there and she had her computer. I mean, she was set up before computers were even popular. And she walks in the door. There's about 150 people in the room at the Lowe's Anatol. I'll never forget it. The most fabulous hotel I've ever been to in my life at that time. And she walks in and she says, hi, y'all. My name is Bonnie and welcome to Dallas. And from that day on, she was my visionary. She was my mentor. She, I wanted to be like her. So it is such an amazing honor today that I sit here in her place, standing in a gap for her. So I'm so happy that Bonnie is out doing God's work right now, and I'm here today to tell you some stories about my life, and I happen to be celebrating Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and Bonnie thought it would be a great idea for me to be here today to tell you that I am a stage four triple negative breast cancer survivor. This will be my 11th year of being cancer free. I had cancer in my breast in my lung, and in my skin. I had to go through 35 rounds of radiation. I would say 25 rounds of chemo and a double mastectomy all in within eight months in 2011. And on New Year's Eve 2011 going into 2012, I danced into the new year cancer-free and treatment-free. So today I'm grateful to God that he saved my life so I could be here today to share my story with you. So what I want to talk about now is breast cancer comes every day. It's not something that just comes in the month of October. And so as we walk through life and understand that, you know, cancer is in all of our bodies. It's just not a matter of time. It's just a matter of when it's going to show up. And it can show up in any, you know, any part of the body, you know, cancer of the uterus, breast, brain, heart. I mean, this cancer is always somewhere lurking in the body. And so with that being said, we have to be very proactive and preventive about making sure that we're eating right. Because sugar is not your friend. That's the first thing I want to tell you. So there's about seven steps that I want to tell you about, about how to make sure that your body can fight off that beast of cancer. And that's what I call it, the beast of cancer. Um, Because what happens is sugar is not your friend. So if you're eating a lot of sugar in your body, processed foods, things of that nature, that's not helping your body to survive long 
what you need to do is fill your body with lots of things that have antioxidants in it, like blueberries and raspberries, and and not drinking um, regular water, but make a commitment to drink only alkaline water. And alkaline water, I say, saved my life. Now, there are people who have had arguments with me Doctors, professionals that say, oh, no, 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 alkaline doesn't do anything for your body. But they want to tell you that because of the medical mafia. The medical mafia are the pharmaceutical companies that sell cancer drugs to us and tell us that, you know, we can't survive without them. Well, some people use the holistic method. I decided to go full throttle because I figured, okay, I had no other health issues in my body. So, therefore, I was able to um, overcome cancer because they didn't have to measure or take medication away from me that if I had high blood pressure, if I had heart disease, if I had any other health challenges or health issues, which I had none. I was blessed to not have any other factors in my life that regarded my health. So I was able to withstand the 25 rounds of chemo. And as I said, there was 69% cancer in my breast There was 19% cancer in my lung and 12% was in my skin. So it had metastasized throughout my whole body. But as I learned and as I read and as I prayed and as I asked God to heal me and help me to understand how to better keep my body safe from the, you know, the residual effects of the overflow that chemo can do to your body. And so when I talk about alkaline water, Alkaline water will take all of the impurities out of your body, and it also will give your balance of alkaline much better resistance in your body because cancer can't live in a green environment, which is what alkaline does. So it's like a broom. It flushes all the impurities out of your body. And so as I was going through my chemo, my nurse told me, "Um, Stevie, get up and go to the bathroom. And I probably had been about two or three rounds by then, but nobody else had said that to me. And when she told me, I said, wow, that's what happens when you don't go to the restroom. The residual overflow, because cancer goes, I mean, the, the medicine goes where it's supposed to go. But if it lingers in your system, it has the opportunity to affect your bladder, affect your stomach. So that's why some people, unfortunately, suffer from other areas of cancer going through cancer. So you get rid of one stage, or you get one get rid of one type of cancer, but you can end up with another kind because of the toxin that chemo is. But if you get up and go to the restroom while you're doing your your chemo drip, that'll definitely help clear the path of the toxin to get it out and then flush your body, flush your body, flush your body with lots of alkaline water. So, um what I happened to do, which was also another blessing was I had a dear friend whose name is Mr. Stevie Wonder. And I know when I say Stevie Wonder and being my name is Stevie, but my that's my nickname. My real name is Ruth. But Stevie is a lot more fun than Ruthie might ever be. But my best friend, Stevie Wonder, we've been friends since 1981. I was 21 and he was 31. And today I'm 63 and he is 73 and we're still in each other's lives. And so as I was going through it, he was one of the first people that I told that I had breast cancer. And he called me, and um, he said, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm fine. He says, okay, well, just let me, need what you, let me know what you need. So I'm going to take a couple seconds, and I'm going to read to you 
the forward. He wrote the forward to my book. And my book is called Bee Stings, Bumblebees, and Butterflies. The bee sting is the cancer. The bumblebee is as we figure out what kind of cancer we have, who's going to help us with our kids, who's going to pay our bills, who's going to take us to treatment, who's going to help me with my hair, who's going to help me change the linen on my bed, something as simple as that. And at the end of the day, the butterfly is who we evolve or as we evolve after we've gone through all the stuff we've gone through. And if you think about what a caterpillar, what happens to a caterpillar, which turns into the butterfly, the caterpillar dies as the um, cocoon encases the, the butterfly. And as that butterfly is trying to get out of that cocoon, the spine of that butterfly is still the body of the cocoon, is still the body of that caterpillar. So the caterpillar is still a part of the butterfly, even though he sacrifices his life so that that butterfly can live. And so as that happened, that means to me that I evolved with my new breast and my new hair and my new attitude that made me undeniably a queen of courage. So I'm going to read to you really quickly the foreword that he wrote for me in my book. And it says, the very first time I met Miss Stevie Flowers was at a banquet in my honor in 1981. I was standing in an elevator when I felt a soft kiss on the left side of my cheek. I heard a sensuous little voice say, I'm sorry, I just couldn't help myself. I had to kiss you. I said, it's okay, what's your name? Again, the sensuous little voice said, my name is Ruth, but my friends call me Stevie. I said, oh really, using my name are you? Well, we both laughed, and we have been great friends ever since. Miss Wonderful Flowers, as I call her, keeps a smile in her voice and shares the joy of her spirit with everyone she meets. No matter the circumstances or situation, I can always depend on her to make my day. She has always expressed kindness, love, and care in the hundreds of voicemail messages she has left me over the past 30-plus years. When Stevie told me that she had breast cancer, I was reminded of my first pure love, Sarita Wright, and my perfect angel, Minnie Ripperton, who both passed away from breast cancer. Undeniably, they were both amazing queens of courage. Stevie has proven herself to be an excellent author, who is no, which, which is no surprise to me. I would not have anticipated anything less. She often referred to this book as her baby. Stevie has gone through labor and delivered an exceptional, life-changing blueprint on how to fight cancer with the help of prayer, family, rest, alkaline water, and possessing a positive attitude. Bee Stings, Bumblebees, and Butterflies is a collection of stories that fill your heart with laughter, love, pain, joy, and sorrow. It's a realistic adventure into the terrifying world of breast cancer and all that comes along with it. Her writing takes you from discovering to exploration, to diagnosis, to research, to treatment, to surgery, and finally to healing. I really enjoyed reading her book, and I learned more about breast cancer than I ever knew before. 
I was blessed by it, and I'm sure you will be too. Stephen Morris, a.k.a. Stevie Wonder. I know he loves me. He really does. He loves my family. He loves my mom. He just loves me so much, and I'm so grateful that we're still in each other's lives. So I am also um, having an event this weekend. I'm not sure if you're going to be around, but on Saturday, the 22nd of October, at Junction 2800, which is 2800 Campbellton Road in southwest Atlanta, we're going to have a Queens of Courage celebration honoring caregivers. So if you're available, you can come on out, and we would love for you to come share your story and bring your caregiver. Because we always talk about the survivor. But what about that person that drove you to chemo? What about that person that cooked your food for you? What about that person that babysitted you and your children and, and combed your hair or took you to the wig store? You know, and so we want to honor those people. So if you want some information, you can give me a call at 213-842-3768. And again, it's going to be held at Junction 2800, 2800 Campbellton Road, Southwest Atlanta, 30311. I'd like to introduce... Our sponsor, Mr. Leslie, with Eviction Help Now. Good morning. Thank you, Stevie. Eviction Help Now, we stop evictions fast. We're a team of consumer advocates. We're not attorneys, and we don't practice law, but we fight the eviction process. We've been in business since 2007, and our office is located on Peachtree Street in Midtown Atlanta. Our website is evictionhelpnow.com, and you can Google that, Eviction Help Now. Our toll-free hotline is a 24-hour recorded message. That number is 888-668-5530. Again, that's 888-668-5530. Again, we're Eviction Help Now, and we stop evictions fast. you for that so i think at this point we're going to get a f- wait for some phone calls to come in um but in the meantime the phone number if you, in case you do want to call in is area code 404-361-1571 i'd love to hear from you and let me know that you're out there listening if you have any questions about breast cancer or um you know some ideas about how, you know, breast cancer may have affected you. And then I also have an opportunity while I'm here is to give you some, um, you know, some some places where you could go get some help. I have a resource guide. And inside that resource guide, we can, um, you know, we have, of course, the American Cancer Society. Um, there's also an organization called the Association of Cancer Online Resources. And um, that would be www.acor.org. I'll tell you that again. Association of Cancer Online Services, www.ac.acor.org. There are numerous ones here, and I'll just go through some. Um, There's called the breastcancer.net, which is www.breastcancer.net. You can get a lot of information from that as well. 
breastcancer.org. You can get everything you need there. There's hundreds and hundreds of resources out there. You just have to kind of look for them. And um, depending on if you've been diagnosed and you have a, you know, a small amount, you know, you just know you really can't say you have a small amount of cancer. But, you know, in my case, because I was already stage four, I didn't have a lot of chance chances to do a lot of research. You know, I was, um, you know, one day I went for my annual checkup in August of 2010. And, of course, ladies, as we know, we go through, you know, we have our mammograms, we have our, um, you know, vaginal um, exam and all of those types of things. And so when my results came back, um, I saw that there was something going on with the breast, but more importantly, they thought that I had cervical cancer. So I focused all my attention on the cervical cancer. And so that was August, September, October, November. I had gone through an endometriosis checkup. I had had something called a leap, which is very painful if you know what that's like. So I'd gone through all of these items of care. And I think that um, we're getting ready to take a break. And so I'll be back with that story. Dr. Bonnie Bonita with a <laughs> We'll be right back.
Well, how appropriate. Don't you worry about a thing. Yeah, that's my best friend. You know, I think we have a caller that wants to ask some questions or ask me a question. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. Who do I have the pleasure of listening to? Uh, good morning. My name is Travis Landrum. Well, good morning, Travis. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you had a question for me? Yes. Um, uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to be privy to the prior conversation, but uh, knowing that this is something that's detrimental when, when hearing about cancer, uh, what was the biggest challenge that, that you had after having this information shared to give that comfort to your family of, of having that strength to overcome. How, how did you address that with your family and, and loved ones surrounding you? Wow, Travis, that's a great question. Um, you know what? Because I always have a positive, positive attitude, you know, um, I just said, you know what, Lord, I just never felt that that was an opportunity that he was ready to take me, that he was ready for me to come and be with him. So I just stayed positive. You know, there's a story in my book that says, I'll have what she's having, meaning that a positive attitude, a healthy diet, trying to make sure that, um, you know, my main concern was my daughter and she was 16 at the time. And my mother was a nurse. And so, you know, sickness and illness was nothing new to her. And so I had never had any health issues in my life prior to this. So um, I just never felt, I just approached it from, okay, in fact, this is a funny story, Travis. When my doctor first said to me, um, and I was telling the story just before um, the break, when I had that, um, my annual checkup and we found out that everything was fine, you know, down south, as I call it, you know, with the vaginal stuff, um, I went back six months later from August until January. That's how kind of long it took for us to get through the um, other stuff. And so January, I go back to my doctor and I have another mammogram. And so this is a little, this is something that I kind of, I think I answered your question in terms of just having a positive attitude. That's really what kept me going. And I just also knew that this wasn't my time. So. This is what really, really happened, guys. And I'm speaking to my, my, my sister girlfriends right now and my guys who understand that as women get older, we, um, you know, we go through our what we call the change. And the change is when a woman stops menstruating. Okay, simple as that. We stop having that period. And so that period comes along with hormones. And those hormones naturally...
Well, hey, welcome back. You know, one of the, the caller who called, um, he had another question. And the question he asked was, why do men get breast cancer or how do men get breast cancer? So I'm going to talk about that for a minute um, because most men don't understand why men get breast cancer and some even refer to it as a woman's disease or illness, but it is not. So let's start with a little bit of anatomy. Okay, so every embryo that is conceived is conceived female, right? So if you study, you know, in your science class and your anatomy classes, you know that every embryo is conceived female. It's not until that XY chromosome kicks in. Now, that XY chromosome kicks in between six, you know, six to eight weeks after conception. And so when that XY chromosome kicks in, that determines this sex of the fetus. So. Because God is such an amazing God, he knew that a woman had to be able to feed a child, nurture a child, and carry a child. So therefore, he made her body equipped with everything that was necessary to feed that child, protect that child, and carry that child. So when that XY chromosome kicked in and made a man a man, the lactating part of the breast and the nipples that men have, because, you know, men have nipples. And, well, I, I won't go into all the other parts, but you just use your imagination. You know what I'm saying. You know, the cervix is the, you know, the woman's cervix is your prostate. And, you know, the other part is the other part as it grows. So when a, when a man who has milk ducts in your breast because of those little nipples you got, those milk ducts are still lovely canals of festing for cancer cells. Breast cancer cells like small, tight spaces. And so, therefore, because you do have, you know, nipples and you have lactating tubes that connect to that nipple, because when you became a guy, that didn't take that nipple away. It just took the ability to lactate away. So with that absence of the lactation issue, you still have milk ducts. They're just dormant. And so as cancer goes through all of our bodies and it's in everybody's body, it's just a matter of time if and when it shows up. So when it does show up, it comes in those little milk ducts. And that's why men get cancer, because you have nipples. Now, if you didn't have nipples, you wouldn't have to worry about it. You would just have to worry about that prostate and stomach and, and all that other cancers that we do have in the body. So don't think that it's a female disease because when Richard Roundtree suffered in silence for so many years of, you know, like totally um, just feeling just less than a man and just because he didn't understand. Nobody explained it to him the way I explained it to him. He just thought that, you know, wow, how did this happen to me? But it happens to men often. And because men don't speak and they don't talk about, you know, what's going on with their health or what's going on with their moods or their emotions or, you know, whatever that instability is in their life, those feelings, you know, they don't show that through that masculinity. And I'm just asking you guys when you're listening today to don't regard it as a female issue. It is a health issue. It's cancer's cancer. Cancer does not discriminate. It's going to get you. It's going to handle you. You're going to do what you need to do to handle it. But more importantly, it doesn't discriminate male or female. 
It doesn't discriminate, you know, black, white, green, yellow, purple. You know, everybody can get it. It's just a matter of your attitude and how you're going to face it, conquer it, deal with it, and move on from it. And then benefit and be a blessing for to others who are going to go through it. And so that's why I'm here today. And again, I'm so happy that Bonnie asked me to come on and and take her place today. Not that I could ever take her place, but thank you for letting me fill in today. And to know that, um, you know, God is always on the throne. And for him to save my life, for me to be here today to tell you the story of my life and how I conquered cancer. You know, I am. you know, October, you know, with breast cancer, you got so many breast cancer stuff, you know. And so um, at my church, we were doing a um, breast cancer video. And for years at my church, I've been the only breast cancer person that and there may have been other women or other men, but they never stepped up and said that they had breast cancer. So for many years, the last 10 years, it would just be me standing in the pulpit on Breast Cancer Awareness Sunday going, praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord, saints, just making them stand up and cheer because we got to praise God. And so to see me standing there smiling when these same people saw me struggling through my chemo and going to church with my bald head and and not being able to stay the whole service and not being able to stand up and praise God like I, I used to and as I do now because I just didn't have the strength. But I still made it to church because I knew that that's where God wanted me to be. And he wanted me to to show people that he was still on the throne, even through everything I was going through. And all, you know, I I looked really cute with my bald head. They say I look like Amber Rose. I said I look like Amber Rose's mama. I was rocking that bald head. And I went to the barbershop. You know, my friend um, cut my hair for me. I went, his name is Jamie. And I went to see Jamie on Old National. And um, one morning, but what happened, my sister came to visit me. Her name is Debbie. And, you know, she loves me and I love her. But you know how siblings are sometimes. And she said, oh, sissy. And she would touch the side of my face and she pulled my sideburn off. Hmm. Then the next day we were sitting on the sofa again and I had been in chemo maybe about three or four weeks by then. And the hair was really starting. to. When they call hair blades, it sheds and it cuts you. And so she touched the side of my other cheek and pulled the other side burn off. And I said, you know what? I'm not dealing with this. The next morning at seven o'clock, we went to the barbershop and Jamie cut my hair off and I rocked that bald head. And um, it was just, it was just more than a notion. And so on the back of my book, there's a picture of me um, with the bald head. So I really, really had a good time with that. So, but to my point, um, I went to church a couple of weeks ago to do my speech on video and there are two ladies who are new cancer survivors. And so I said to someone in the recording studio that I am cured of breast cancer. And someone in that room says, you can't say that. And I said, what do you mean? I can't say that. Nope. Professionals say that there is no cure. You are in remission. I said, well, if you want to claim remission, then you claim remission. I claim healing. I claim cured. So I am cured today of breast cancer. And I've been cured for 10 years. January, I'm sorry, December 30th will be my 11th year of being completely 
cancer-free. And that means that some people who go through remission, they have to take tamoxifen, which is a drug that makes you feel like you're going through menopause and having hot flashes like somebody put the thermostat on hell, honest to God. And, and it just really, really, really upsets your body, upsets your everything. I never had to take tamoxifen. I never had to take any cancer drugs after the chemo and radiation that I had. So when I speak the way God wants me to speak, to speak positivity and speak that that I do not have cancer. Cancer has left my body. And if it comes back, it comes back. But I'm not waiting for it, and I'm not claiming it either. So remission does not exist in my – I have no clue what remission is, but I know that my daddy in heaven said, rely and trust in me, and I will heal you. Not remission you. I will heal you. Forget what the professionals say because that goes back to the medical mafia. But we're not going to talk about that right now because I might need a a sponsor one day. So I'm just going to be sweet about it, you know. But all I can say is God is in the he's in the blessing business and he's on the throne. And I'm so happy to be here today to tell you my story. And um, I'm just grateful that um, that God saved my life for such a day as this. So when I come back, we're going to take a break in a little while. And um, I've got some more stories to tell you. Um, I'm going to read a little bit more about my book. But I also want to remind you that we are having a celebration of breast cancer, our queens of courage. And we're also going to celebrate our caregivers. And we're going to talk about caregivers when I come back because... There's nothing like a caregiver. Dr. Bonnie Bonita with a view. We'll be right back.
Hey everybody, isn't that a, I love that song. Mary, Mary, I can't give up. He's brought me too far. He's brought me too far. Right now though, I'm going to introduce my sponsor, Mr. Leslie with Eviction and Help Now. Thank you, Stevie. We're Eviction Help Now. We stop evictions fast. We're a team of consumer advocates. Not attorneys, but uh, consumer advocates. We don't practice law. We fight the eviction process. We've been in business since 2007, and our office is located at 1201 Peachtree Street in Midtown. Our website is evictionhelpnow.com. That's evictionhelpnow.com. And you can Google Eviction Help Now, and we're also on Facebook. Again, our toll-free hotline is a 24-hour recorded message. It's 888-668-5530. Again, that number is 888-668-5530. Again, we're Eviction Help Now, where we stop evictions fast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And we definitely have to love our sponsor for letting us be here today. So um, during the break, we were talking about, um, you know, just how how God is and how life happens in your life. And um, I want to give you some information of how you can get in contact with me. Um, you can call me on my phone. That number is 213-842-3768. You can go to my website, which is just my name, stevieflowers.com, or you could email me at stevieflowers, and the number one, at gmail, and I'll be sure to, um, you know, respond to you. If you're listening today and you want to speak to me, the number here is 404-361-1571. So um, I think I've covered a lot of good stuff today, and um, I'm going to read. Oh, let me tell you this before I, I forget. Um, I am writing another book. The new book is called Weaponized Inspiration, The Silent Healer. And I'm working with a company called Knowers Art Publishing, a gentleman by the name of LaBelle, Lavelle Bell out of Los Angeles. And um, he's going he's gonna to beat me up because I haven't been writing as I should, um, but I'm definitely going to get done with it soon. Um, but he and I were talking about men suffering in silence, and that's where the title came from, Weaponized Inspiration, The Silent Healer, because... My words have healing in them, and my thoughts have love in them, and I'm just grateful that God saved my life so that I can still be here to share his love and his joy to those, you know, who love him. So I'm going to read something to you out of all of the things in my old book, the old book, Bee Stings, Bumblebees, and Butterflies, um, which is the one that Stevie Wonder wrote the forward to. My new book, Weaponized Inspiration, The Silent Healer, that forward is written by a wonderful friend of mine who's a director, actor, producer, and his name is Mr. Bill Duke. And so I'm so grateful to have him helping me with this new book I'm working on. So I'm going to read something I like in my book, in the old book. It's called, Where is the Finish Line? Another reason why I wanted to write this book was because of a dream I had. After my chemotherapy was completed, I just knew that I was finished with my treatment and that I was cancer-free. I had no idea that I was going to have to endure a double mastectomy or radiation therapy. 
My oncologist never once mentioned any additional treatments after my chemotherapy. So in my dream, I was running a marathon. And I'm running and I'm running and I'm running. And after my last mile, I see people standing all over the route cheering me on, being very supportive and just happy that I am on my journey to completion, completing this marathon. As I was going up the hill, then, then down another hill and around a curve, I can see the finish line. I'm, I'm going up the hill, down another hill, and around the curve. And I was feeling what my ex-husband used to call that runner's high. I was feeling real good. Then my adrenaline kicked in, and I was feeling even better. I'm saying to myself, I'm at the finish line. I can see it. I can feel it. I see the balloons before me and more people cheering me on. The finish line sign is right before me. As I'm running, I start to see people disappear. And I start to see the finish line disappear too. Then the balloons start floating away into the sky. I get to where I thought the finish line was and there was a little old lady standing there. And I asked her, where's the finish line? I told her I saw it when I was coming around the corner. And then when I was going up and down the hill, I could see the end in the distance. What happened to it? With the beautiful grandma eyes, she smiled at me and handed me a bottle of water. Probably alkaline. She then gave me a hug and said, baby, they moved the finish line. They moved it, I said. The little lady responded and said, sweetie. They moved it because you still have a little ways to go. I said, a little ways to go? How can that be? I thought I was finished. The little lady said, I understand what you're saying, but sweetie, you have to go a little further. You are going to get to the finish line. Just take this water and a short break and keep it moving. She continued and said, get back out there and run. Never lose sight of the finish line. Don't stop. Don't second guess yourself. Just keep going and I guarantee you, you will end, you will get to the end of the finish line. In total disbelief, I started running at a very slow pace, but I continued to move along. I was excited to see the people coming back to the sidelines. And again, they started cheering me on. And as I looked in the very far distance, I could see the balloons high above the trees. I kept running and running and running. And then I finally came down the hill and I saw the finish line again. It took me a lot longer than I thought it should have. I had to go through some bad weather. I got really bad sunburn. I had to go through some really horrific storms. I was cut by falling debris. It really was a very strenuous journey. I kept it moving and I stayed positive. But when I finally got to the end of the marathon, I was reunited with all of the people who love and care about me. All the people who were there for me, giving me nurturing and all kinds of thoughts along the way. Those were the ones who were there to pick me up when I fell to my knees at the end of the finish line and help me cross over a winner. I shared that dream to remind you not to get discouraged. When you think that the finish line is right in front of you and somebody moved it, 
just know that if you dig down deep into your heart of hearts, the carriage will come and you can complete the task. You will be cured and you will be free of cancer. Most of all, the confidence that you gain through your journey is something no one could ever have given you. You have to go through all the crazy stuff to get your reward. The old saying about picking yourself up by your bootstraps, lacing them up, dusting yourself off, and getting back out there is doing it again and again is solid advice. So, now I think I'm going to get to the end of the finish line. Thank you so very much for tuning in today. I'm happy that I hope you enjoyed me as much as I enjoyed being here with you. Thank you so much, and God bless you, and keep you safe. And again, this is Miss Stevie Flowers. The number is 213-842-3768. You take care. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed Dr. Bonnie Bonita with a view. Please remember to send in any questions or comments to WIGOAM1570.com, or you can reach Dr. Bonnie Bonita directly at BonnieBonitaWorldwide.com. You can also join our army of volunteer advocates. It takes a village. Our email address is drbonniebonita at bonniebonitaworldwide.com.